about a special guest that we have with us. Yeah, we have Pastor, uh, really the purchase to hear his story. As you know, we were focusing on the diaspora in um, really are all across the world, but specifically in the West and just its implications on gospel activity and the expansion of the kingdom. And I'm not even going to do much of an introduction for for Pastor Dowda. We, we're just going to hear his story. And it's our prayer that you're encouraged, but also challenged to, to really take serious the things that you're hearing and putting things into action so that we, we can continue to see God's glory cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. So welcome, Pastor Dowda. Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, Pastor, would you uh, just in- introduce yourself? Tell us where you're from, how long you've been in the city that you're at. Just just start telling your story, and we'll uh, ask some additional questions along the way. Okay, let's start. Uh, my name is Dauda Zongo. I'm from Burkina Faso, a West African country. And I came to the U.S. in um, 2003. January 2003. Um, as you can see, you can hear Dauda is a Muslim name. You know, I became a Christian after Muslim. And the reason for coming to United States is to run for my life and find a place to serve my, and live uh, peacefully and serve God. This is my short story. Tell us a little more about your story in coming to know Jesus. Oh, I just want to thank God. You know, this is a privilege for me to, you know, bring back this um, story of encounter of Jesus Christ. As uh, I said um, earlier, coming from a Muslim family from West Africa, you know, and my father is a... Muslim leader and, and used to teach um, the entire family to follow the religion of Islam. And therefore, uh, every um, member of the family had to go to learn to read the Quran or um, go to some, a neighboring country to, to learn the Quran. And for me, he decided to send me to former school in French. Um, from the place um, he sent me to, I met a friend who was a Christian. He's the one that introduced me to Christ, Jesus Christ, by his behavior. He was a young man that uh, really shared the love of, um, of Christ to me. And uh, for me, it was, it was so special, and I want to be like him. And therefore, um, uh, he introduced me to Christ and uh, gave my life to Christ and I became a believer and uh, went back to tell my family that I became a, a Christian and was the beginning of the uh, my process you know of uh, being persecuted and um, trying to kill me many times poison many times and uh, I was running from my life from place to place. You know, by the grace of God, I can see that you know, you know, African family is not like um, two or three members. Um, family is like a big family of uh, um, sixty tribes. You know, and for my father was uh, I was the a child that would bring shame to the family, and therefore killing me is uh, 
according to him, is like taking out of my, the family the bad seed. And this is his, his expression. The bad seed, they're trying to contaminate the rest. Yeah, because I became a Christian, you need to take the bad seed from the family so that we're not contaminate the rest of the family. The, the, the reason why he explained the persecution, even trying to kill me because for him, it's better, it's, it's better have an entire family Muslim than to have one of his children becoming Christian and being in the midst of the family. And this is the old process, you know. And, and um, you know, uh, my best friend uh, who introduced, to, introduced me to Christ was uh, really the person that helped me to escape the persecution of my family. How we did it? He went to ask for visa in the United States Embassy, and I found myself in New York City in 2003. You know, for him, it was a way of me helping me to escape the family persecution, and I came to the United States in 2003. Can you tell us a little bit about your story as you came into the United States, and what did that look like for you? Oh, for the first time, as you can see, January 2003, not knowing um, anybody on, in the city. Uh, I spent uh, 10 hours in the airport, in JFK airport, uh, by myself, and I was looking for help. Nobody was helping me. And, uh, you know, I spent the time over there. And uh, believe me or not, the 27th of January 2003 was a storm, snowstorm in New York City. It was my first time to, you know, to to see this uh, uh, snowstorm, it was so deep, so it was cold, and uh, was afraid to go out. But by the grace of God, one young man helped me and took me to a place um, in Harlem where we can um, I can find the West African com West African community. And from there, um, nobody was able to take me in, and I was I spent the night on the subway. You know, uh, on One Sixteenth uh, Street. It was my first night, and um, and then early in the morning, one young man from uh, a neighboring country, I can call it Avri Coast, just found me, and I was bleeding um, from my nose, and uh, because of the bleeding, he took me to his um, place, and I stayed there and from this from this place. Or oh, he found another person to help me. So that I can stay, um, you know, more warm in the, in, yeah. in 2000, January 2020, uh, 2003. So, so pa Pastor, um, just from my my experience, most of the people in North America know probably less about West African people than like some of the other peoples who's been on the news more, and like yeah. refugees, like Afghanistan, Syria, Iraq. Um, t tell us in, in New York city, there's, there's a pretty large and growing West African population, correct? Yes. Is uh, the West African community, um, especially, um, they speak, um, French or English, West African and uh, Muslim, you know, um, Muslim community. And they really, um, 
the, the, there's a growing population for West Africa in New York City, especially in Harlem, in, in the Bronx, in some of the parts of like Brooklyn. Um, believe me, I can just I cannot give you the exact number, but uh, there more than hundred thousand um, people, you know, from ethnic groups, different ethnic groups. Sure, there's there's um. So can can you tell us uh, and our listeners what what countries primarily make up like the core of 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 West Africa? Which countries are are those would be considered West Africa? Oh, West Africa, you can, West African countries, you can see the, the Western part of Africa, especially, um, you will see Ghana is a West African country, Nigeria, um, Africos, um, Sierra Leone, Liberia, it's a very country that speak English, um, but there's a French country like Guinea, um, Niger, um, Burkina Faso, Mali, um, Benin, Togo, we have a, a large country from on Senegal. These countries, most country, you know, and the larger one is Nigeria, most mainly Nigerian, but they speak of uh, English. But we have the French speaking countries. We have Guinea, Guinea Equatorial. There's a lot of countries. Yeah, and my, my understanding is um, some some countries have a lot of Christians. Some have predominantly Muslims. But West Africa is a, a very Muslim region with a lot of tribal uh, areas, a lot of different dialects and languages, very diverse. But you do have the English and French um, kind of uh, trade trade language. Yeah. So you say over. May, Maybe over a hundred thousand West Africans mm. in New York City. Um, that's that's an amazing opportunity, considering that many of them are coming, like you, from uh, a Muslim community, a Muslim family. Can you share with us? Uh, you know, you, you shared your your kind of first day in New York, but tell tell us about your journey of getting to where you are now in New York. And you can go back as far as you want, or go as slow as you want. But we would just love to hear. Uh, you know, we're we're calling you Pastor Dowda now. How how did we get to that that point, and how has God orchestrated um, ministry among West Africans in New York City? Okay, let me go back. You know, uh, first of all, when I came and I spent my first night in the subway and I found a place later to stay with a friend. You know, I was the second thing to do is look for a place like to worship. You know, I'm a Christian and. And I was, I went to ask the same friend um, who helped me, or oh, could you um, help me to find a church? And uh, because he's a Muslim uh, friend, he, he was telling me, you know, I'm not a Christian. I don't know exactly. I know there is a lot, there are a lot of churches around, but I don't know exactly. But I don't go to church. And one day he took me to a place. He said, "This is a church on my way to uh, to work. I've seen the church from time to time." You can go there if you want to. And I started uh, attending the service of the church since I came. And from, you know, thing is that you, you, yeah, I'm speaking, uh, I'm, I'm speaking French. And for me to be attending English uh, church services isn't, was not really high. You know, I was like oh, a stranger in the midst of, uh, I do not know even what they say, you know, don't, can't speak the language. I don't know what they're saying, but I'm 
One thing that kept me there, I believe this is, we have the same hymns, you know. I, I can see this is, it looked like uh, we sing this song in our church when I was back home, you know. And the, the hymns was, I said, okay, I can stay here. You know, I spent uh, my first year still on the pew, staying there, listen, you know. And there we see me out in AIM Sundays. And one day, uh, one of the leaders asked me, um, where, where are you coming from? And I told him, I'm coming from West Africa. He said, I look like somebody he met from the Caribbean or South Africa. And I said, no, I'm coming from West African and French-speaking country. And he stopped me there. He said, can you tell me more about you? And I told him my story, where I came from, where I found the church. And he said, why you did not introduce yourself? I said, I don't even speak English with you think, you know. How I'm going to go and introduce myself? I'm just going to come and worship with, uh, uh, with, uh, the, with the people, you know. I said, for me, being part of a congregation is enough for me. Just praise God and just go back where you're supposed to go. And from the place, the, the leader asked me, okay, I want to meet you more and listen to your story. We spent the time together, and um, I told him the story from the, my conversion to the persecution. He listened to you very well. He said, oh, how you escape all this and to be here by yourself? Do you have a family back? I said, yeah, my wife, my daughter. They will all agree for me to leave, otherwise I will be dead back home therefore escaping from my life was um, the only solution for me and the best for my family and uh, i came just for just to escape the persecution and death and um he said okay or oh, what are you gonna do i said for me yes it's, it's a place of freedom united states allow me to do what i'm supposed to do I said, he said, oh, I, what do you want to do? I said, I'm, I like to evangelize. And I start evangelizing on the street. And from the evangelization, oh, I have a two or three members or three friends who converted first. We started a small group. I came to the church and I told them it was 2005. I told them I have a four young men who gave their life to Christ. And we started a little group, a prayer meeting and Bible study. And um, later on, I took the group to one place when I was staying, and the group grew to be um, four, five, five, six, and eight, became 10. I brought back the group to the church. We started to uh, pray again, meeting, and the group grew. And the leader one day was in his office. He said, it looked like this is going to be a church. I said, okay, I don't know, but uh, we're praising God. We're studying the Bible. Um, we have at least um, 15 people who gave their life to Christ. And the leader asked, did they um, baptize? I said, not yet. And he organized a water baptism. And we baptized them from the place. You know, I continued the, 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 the evangelization on the street. And 2007, we start, um, the group grew to be like 40 people. And 2008, the, the, the leader said, okay, let's start the church from French-speaking countries. And from there, we started the church. In 2009, it became um, officially a church. And 
and the church room. We still evangelize. We still reaching out, especially into the Muslim community. And most of our um, new members are converted from Muslim, um, from Muslim countries, from Muslim families, and because uh, they're coming here and they have a freedom um, to receive the gospel, not being, not being persecuted. And this is, uh, I believe, this is uh, um, the door that has God has given to us. For me, because it's a freedom, it's a free country, or the freedom has been really core for this country. Therefore, when people come here, they, what they cannot do back home, they can do it. It's talking about believing in Jesus Christ. If they have been exposed with the gospel, if they have been exposed with the gospel, and um, God used this avenue to bring. Um, Many Muslims took uh, uh, to faith through our ministry. Um, in 2015, um, we God, God gave us an open door to New Jersey, a, a neighbor state, and uh, we went to open over church over there. Um, it's growing almost 200 people over there, and uh, it's a Muslim background people. I believe this is. Um, I'm not saying that I came as a refugee, or I've been sent to do what God called me to do. All these people, what I'm saying is, this is a, the hand of God is behind all this, you know. For me, I was running from my life, and for him, he was sending me to do what he called me to do. <laughs> this is what I can see. <laughs> yes. I love hearing that story and what how it encourages and challenges my faith, even as you talk about the importance of just keeping Jesus first. Even as you went into a church that doesn't speak your heart language, you know, you knew that you were with like, um, you know, brothers and sisters in Christ worshiping the Lord in different languages even, but your heart was still just focused on Christ and even going out. Tell me, um, Pastor, how did you provide for yourself um, as you were doing this and getting started? Oh, first of all, I want to thank God because God's faithfulness prevailed. Mm. You know, uh, coming, I have a friend, I met a friend in the church. He just, I don't know, he became like a brother to me and was helping me, clothing, and found a new job, a little thing that I can do for money. Just. It's just a little bit, it was supporting me even to help my family back home. And it was, it's, it was American, African American. We've been together for, since then, you know, it became like a family member to me. But uh, let me say this, uh, God is, I can see the faithfulness of God. Because I know for me to find a place to stay was not easy. Uh, I've been from place to place, these places, you know, was not easy, but God faithfully prevailed. You know, I can see it. I believe um, the whole picture that I can see is the end of God providing and protecting, you know, doing to me what you want me to do. That's it, what I can see, you know. Many doors have been opened to me. You never lack anything by the grace of God. 
because God has been so faithful to me. Yeah. The listeners can't can't see me, but while you were telling this story, I just couldn't stop smiling. This is so so encouraging just just to hear. Um, again, not not necessarily of your uniqueness <clears throat> uniqueness, but God's faithfulness, and and your perspective of seeing God's faithfulness in the midst of challenges. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of a lot of people are coming to the United States and Canada as refugees but with without the hope of Christ and without an eternal perspective as as you have interacted in the last i guess you know 20 years with you know specifically west african um immigrants who who are muslim what are the challenges you see in them what what are common experiences and how have you seen your church and other churches really meet those needs in a very gospel-centered way. Is there any examples that come to mind that you could share with us? Oh, you see, this is a, this is the important part of the ministry. This is a, you see, oh, coming to my, my own experience helped me a lot. Because, you know, coming to, in the country where you do not know um, people, you don't even speak the language, was not easier. You can understand or somebody would not speak the, the, the language coming to a country. You can just picture yourself in the country like a French-speaking country. You, How are you going to manage? You know, for me, um, because I, I went through all this process, allow me to understand you know, how to welcome the, those who come in, in this country. First of all, okay, let me give you a short story. And the story that really I know I saw the end of God. One day I came from a prayer meeting from Jersey. It was a February cold, cold weather. And I found at my door a young man sitting with his suitcase. And uh, as soon as I came, I asked him, where are you coming from? What's your name? He said, I'm coming from, he gave the country. I'm coming from Burkina Faso. And um, one, I stay, and I, I, I stay at the airport. I spend the night over there. A young man from another country dropped me here because he said, if I drop you at the pastor place, you can spend the night at least over there. And uh, I do not know the person. And I said, okay, it's cool. Let's go inside. I took him inside and I gave him a place to stay, warm clothing, and, you know, have given me food. He spent the first day with me, never asked him a question, go out in, stay there one week, we share. And um, every day I, I go out and you follow me. We just walk around. And uh, he spent the night, uh, he spent almost six months. I never questioned him. Where you coming? What are you coming to do? He was staying there, and I was looking for a job or place for him to go. But he was um, there, and one day he, 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 he asked me a question. Can I talk to you, Pastor? I said, yes, you can talk to me if you want to. He said, oh, my name is um, Abdullah, and I want to give, I want to become a Christian. And I said, what do you, you want to become a Christian for what? She said, Pastor, you never invite me to church, but you, you, you took me in. 
and you you fed me and you gave me clothes and you never even um shared the gospel. You know why you did not do it? I said no. I'm not going to force you to do anything. I said, oh, the young man asked me a question, telling me, oh, oh, I want to become a uh, pastor. I want to become a Christian. Can I um, um tell me how to become a Christian? And I'm asking him, um, why are you going to become a Christian? Because I took him, took you in or what? He said, no, I'm just going to become a Christian because the way you receive me, you, the way you love me is special. And I want to become a Christian. And I said, okay. I said, this is not me. It, this is uh, Jesus Christ. He's a lovely person. Just, you know, don't think that I'm a special. Jesus is special. He's a lovely person. He, want, he loves all of us. And uh, what I'm trying to do is to be like him. I said, you see? And I introduced him to the gospel, how Jesus came on the earth, died for our sin. And if our faith in him will give us salvation and explain him. You see, I was a Christian, I was a Muslim by man, and God um, um, called me and sent me here, and I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I took him to the church, he started attending our church, and uh, he became a, a member, he became an evangelist, doing the same thing. You know, uh, this is a, a, a story that every time I think, okay. If we as a Christian can trust God and open our doors to what um, the people that come into our neighbor, God can use us um, and uh, bless them and reveal himself to them, you know, through our lives. Sometimes we just want to bring the gospel to them, especially Muslims. They would not receive it like that way. No. Because they don't even believe the word of God. If you go talking about the gospel, Jesus said, the word of God said, they won't. But um, our behavior um, can be on fur, um, can be the gospel. I believe um, receiving them, loving them as our neighbor is a way to introduce them to the gospel. This is what I've learned. And uh, this young man, bought uh, two or three of his friends to, to uh, our church, and they became a Christian. It's not one example. I've seen many and becoming Christian, like through our ministry, and bringing other people. It's not me, but, you know, we were just, you know, doing what God called us to do. And as soon as uh, one is converted, go tell the rest, and they will come. I believe this is uh, how we have seen the church growing with Muslim being becoming Christian. Yeah. Pastors, you tell me that story. I just think it sounds, it sounds like the Bible. <laughs> Your story <laughs> sounds just like the stories from the, the scripture. We just need to be faithful and giving and sharing and being available for people. And the time that it took, I think is important too, that you just spent time um, with them. Um, thank you for that, sharing that story. Pastor Dowd, as we um, start start to to, to wrap up, uh, really just so grateful um, yeah. for you, brother, and your your testimony and how God has has used you, and and knowing that you're you're continuing this this work. So I just want to give you an opportunity um, 
to share with our audience any anything that you have upcoming like projects or initiatives like if someone wants to get involved and support uh your work among french-speaking west africans in new york city just share share with the audience anything you want to share of how they could participate contribute be praying for uh any of the above uh you can you can uh you can make the ask now, brother. Thank you. You know, um, first of all, as a Christian, we need just to lift our prayers to oh, the newcomers. You see, New York City recently, um, I've seen a multitude of uh, West African industry. You can see them maybe in the news, immigrant on the street. And... Uh, uh, our project for now is to pray for them, go visit them from time to time, you know, and uh, see what we can do. Just be in the street. We, we, I walk through the street every day, you know, you know, interacting with them, uh, see what opportunities God will give me to, you know, just bring the gospel. I believe this is the first. Um, some they don't have place to stay. Uh, I'm not sure that I can find the place for them, all of them. But at least I can just go on the places and see what I can do. You know, one of my friends was inviting me last time to go from the place and, and see if they can, you know, we can help them with the language, direct them to places where they can find help. Even thinking about just starting a ESL class. And I said, well, it will be good, you know, if they, we can start the ESL classes and allow them to learn in, the, in English for to speak. And I said, we, we, we're thinking about it. And um, we have a, our a weekly um, weekly uh, outreach on the street also. Every Saturday, I have a team that goes out um, reaching out to the people on the street, not just only West African, but people that we meet on the street. But we, our target is West African, Muslim, um, speaking, French, speaking French. And uh, also um, our members, um, they mostly work as a delivery um, guys on the street with e-bikes. And we train them to be like um, evangelists. Everywhere they go, you know, take the gospel to with the food or to, with the delivery <laughs> package, you know. This is what I'm trying to explain them. You know, wherever you go, go with the gospel with uh, the package, you know. Don't don't force them, but at least let them know that you believe in Christ and your desire just to deliver on the package by the good news also, you know. And as you're doing it, you know, um, the blessing will continue to flow. This is where we, we see um, our impact in the city, you know, just allow ourselves to be a um, um, tool and instrument in the end of God to bring the gospel to the nation. This is my most deeply uh, is in my heart and my prayers for those who want to support. Pray for us, you know. I know prayer is the key. You know, it will open doors for us. You know, if you want to participate um, in any way, just. Join us in the street one day if you feel like or oh, can be good. Just share our experience. Go out, you know, share your, your, your testimony. Pray for people. Interact with us if we can. You know, make your your, your life count for Christ. This is what I'm, I think. And I pray that, you know, 
Um, you know, we don't just only target in United, uh, New York City. I already have another city in my mind. It's in Newark, in New in Jersey, New Jersey. We're already there and looking for another city again just to go, you know. Find if a key person can be there, you know, we establish uh, our quarters or headquarters just to help, you know, reaching a donation. This is what we we plan, with we we have like a project, evangelism, make a disciple planting church. We already have two churches being planted. Um I think every year we have almost ten to twenty new believers being baptized from Muslim background, you know. And we baptize them anyway. We can have a pool uh, in our backyard. Or <laughs> we baptize them over there. We even take them to the places, you know. It's all, all over the place. Yeah, Pastor, thank you for sharing. Uh, just a couple of resources that I, I want want to mention. Um, we upgnorthamerica.com has a few virtual prayer walks among some West African communities in Metro New York. Uh, we'll put those in the show notes. So if you're not in New York, but you want to be praying, yes. you can you can see the faces and places where Pastor Dowda is going on the street and his his team and sharing, and you can be praying um, in those places. Uh, you also mentioned other cities. I know that there's you know large and growing West African populations in a few cities in Ohio. Um, I know there's uh, some West Africans in Dallas, Fort Worth. Mm -hmm. They're they're not just in New York, but uh, if you're in other cities and you're saying, "Man, the, the Lord's really Please. stirring you to reach out to West Africans," uh, we want to help you in in that way. And uh, Pastor, just just to close, I think Rebecca, can you can you pray for Pastor Dowda and his his church and the ministry they have there in New York City? For sure. And I do, as Pastor Dowda was sharing, I, th I was thinking about all over North America, we have students as well as adults now that have taken French classes. What wow. an opportunity to be able to go and practice your French and um, grow in you know, your French um, speaking and being able to walk Bible times with Pastor Dowda. So I just encourage those out there that have that French um, speaking background or are learning French um, to get out and share Christ and practice using your French. Let me pray for you, Pastor Dowda. Thank you. Dear Father, I thank you um, for this dear pastor and his wife and um, child, Lord, and um, 24 year old child, <laughs> Lord, I pray that you would, um, just protect them in every way, continue to use them mightily, Lord. I just thank you for, um, his testimony and how you've been working in and through his life and just the many West Africans and others that, um, you are giving him opportunities to share with his family opportunities to share with and to be available to, and to love on, um, those that, um, don't know you, Lord. And, I thank you for um, just his lack of fear, Lord. I thank you that he just goes forward, um, Lord, trusting you and not worrying about, you know, 
how this is going to be provided or how this is going to be provided, but knowing to keep um, his eyes on you, Lord. And I've just really heard that in his testimony today of how he's just kept his eyes on you and just continue to move forward and just watched how you provide, Lord. So I pray that we would all be encouraged by his testimony. I pray that we would um, be available to those that um, you put it around us, Lord, and may we see um, those opportunities and not miss them and that we would um, spend time and um, share your truth, Lord. And I do pray that you would stir in our hearts um, to be, continue to pray for Pastor Dowda and um, be with him as he walks out. I pray even today as he goes out, Lord, that he would meet someone and be able to share your truth and your love with them, Lord, and um, that you would just him mightily and his, your spirit would just continue to overflow through him and his family. We just um, love you and thank you for what you're doing and do pray that we would be obedient as our dear brother has been obedient to you and glorified you in so many ways and continues to glorify and honor you. We just lift them up and thank you for this time in Jesus name. Amen. 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 I hope you enjoyed this bonus episode of Let's Talk Diaspora. Looking forward to season three, we're excited to share with you that we're going to be looking at this, this context of diaspora where it's both locally and globally and how they're connecting. We're going to have some guests uh, on with us, and we're going to be talking about seeing the diaspora reaching the diaspora. We're going to talk about frontier people groups and what part the diaspora and reaching frontier people groups play. We're going to talk, we're going to have guests who have served overseas and now back in a Western context, working with those same people groups and hear how those principles translate. We're going to be hearing from people who are working uh, overseas, but they started with working with the unreached in the diaspora. We're going to be expanding beyond our, our typical North American context, and we're going to be bringing in some people from different parts of the world working with unreached people groups in the diaspora. And then two final things that we see that transcend location is the role of social media. We'll be hearing about that and then something that's really important with people on the move and migration is the role of trauma healing and discipling the nations among the diaspora. So we're looking forward for you joining us in season three of Let's Talk Diaspora. Be sure to like this content. If it's been beneficial, subscribe so that you'll know when new episodes are released.